What's up, dude? Is it, man? How are you? Oh, I'm well. I'm well. How are you? I am well as well. That's good. How's your shoulder holding up terribly? So, it's so sore. It's it's <laughs> making sore. Uh, it's making a lot of grinding. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Fuck it. I unfollowed that bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Ain't, ain't nobody good time for that. Uh, I was training tonight. I know I shouldn't, but... Oh, well. That's okay. Um, did you watch fights? Yeah. Fucking chaos. Wild. Uh, Khabib looked good. Yeah. Um, what's um? What's your take on the aftermath? I think it should stop at trash talking, man. I think yep. it's I think it's a professional sport. Um, say whatever you want to get. It's business. Here's my thing. You can say whatever you want. Well, it's not even that. I I have a <clears throat> I have a weird take on it, but it's still my take. So fuck it. Uh, this is my podcast. Right. I am a firm believer in fist fighting. I am a firm believer in settling horrible talk with yeah. violence. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I would, if I was the boss of Canada, I would consider some insults the first strike. I really would. You, I would consider them the first fucking punch thrown. So do I have an issue with the fight? No. But here's what I do have a serious issue with. What if I was sitting in that fucking crowd with my kid? Yeah, actually. I, if that fucking, I like Khabib, but at that same, point, jumping same. in air like that, if that fucking piece of shit landed on my seven-year-old, right. I would have pulled up my knife and fucking stabbed him. You're right. And then I'd be in jail. That's right. Because he can't fucking control his emotions. And then he'd still be rich. Dude, <laughs> I actually be. really, really like Khabib. I do. Me too. But I'm a big watching fan. him jump out into a crowd of people. Yeah, that's an issue. awful. It's an issue. That's um, fucking awful, man. I think regardless of what was said, man, I think like um, like no, I'm mentioned. okay with them. If you want to go fucking like go fist fight McGregor in the yeah. fucking locker room, yeah, you know, go fist fight Dennis in the locker room. Yeah. But just that jump, man, like he could have landed on a fucking child. That's right. And anybody who agrees or disagrees with me is a fucking loser. Yeah. Because you can't you can't say putting the public in jeopardy to fucking deal with your personal issues right. is legit because it right. isn't. Right? He no, was he definitely didn't. wrong in that case. Yep. Was he wrong in the case of fucking fighting for family insults? No, I've no. done it. I would probably do it again. Definitely. If somebody said something about my fucking kid or my wife, I'd probably I fist mean, fight them in the street. We have to remember, too, um, Khabib is Russian, which yeah. is one thing. He's also Muslim. They take their religion very serious, and yep. Russians take their country very serious. Yep. Um, not to mention his family. Connor went after everything. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree with it. I think I think he should be fined. He should be suspended. I think he should he should um he should um he should they should throw throw the book at him. I think I really do think. Hmm. That's cool. Um, what about my map? Okay, you're saying about a matchup. Yeah, well, did you see what I post on Facebook? The dream matchup I want? No. I want uh, Nurmagomedov versus nice. Ferguson. Yeah. And then the main event to be Connor versus Pettis. <laughs> Connor versus Pettis for what? <laughs> so, so the co-main event is the title? The co-main event is the title. Oh, that's okay. And Connor, Connor and Pettis for the main event. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Wanna, I think Connor and Pettis is a fun. That's a wicked a, fight. That's an awesome fight. Yeah. Stylistically, that's a great fight. Yep. And uh, Ferguson will fuck up Nurmagomedov. I think so, too. That's a good fight as well, though, man. People have been waiting, mm -hmm. waiting. Four times that fight tried to be made. Yep. Incredible. Yeah, it really it's is. It's um. 
Yeah, it's definitely wild. Um, everything surrounding that fight, like uh, Khabib, I think, had to go to the hospital twice. Tony mm. destroyed his knee the last wild. time they tried to fight. Tony's workouts are insane. Man, he's <laughs> but he looks so <laughs> fucking crazy. good against Pettis, man. I know. He looked really fucking good. Yeah, and Pettis is just always awesome. Yeah, he he's always so much fun to watch. It's uh, well, he, he had a slump there. He was he was getting wrestle fucked for a while. Mm. We got a guest tonight. We do, and uh, it's cool. Like I've had multiple messages about it since we posted that today, and like one of the messages, was like guy's so underrated, it's insane. If he was on any other team, he would be so much more well known. It's just, and that's that's true, such, man. Yeah, like because he's on the Danaher, kids, and he's yeah. one of the. Whatever the fuck Dan Hur calls Dan, the Dan juniors. Hurt, or, What's he called the juniors? The Sempires. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Something like that. But like yeah. because he's like one of the junior guys on the team, he, he doesn't get as much notoriety, but he's For sure. he's a fucking straight up killer. Absolutely, man. man. I was watching his stuff today. Yeah. Um I was Mr. Looking, Rosenthal. I was looking up for a while. Let's give him a call. Yep. hope he picks up yeah, i was just talking to him so he fucking better <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah hello frank hey man not much how are you so we can see you frank you can't see us we're in a small little room but um uh, yeah <laughs> yeah even better man how's things three guys one closet Absolutely. <laughs> How are you? I'm oh, great, great. Good to have you on, man. Thank you. Yeah, so people who don't know, Frank Rosenthal, uh, born in New City, New York, trains at a Hensel Gracie Academy in Manhattan. Happy to have you on. Newly minted Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Yeah, well, anybody who doesn't Wicked. know, they're fucking gonna Wicked. know. Well, they know now, so welcome, man, welcome. Thank you. So, you... You're just coming off winning that, or was it recent you won that Rise Invitational, the second belt? Was that somewhat recent? Yeah, that was in, uh, that was in May. Okay. I won the 135-pound title, and then uh, just last week I did a super fight for them, um, and uh, I won that as well. That was that badass heel hook you slid into and then, like, came up on like you were going for a sweep and then fell back again, right? Yeah, yeah, we call that the Catalina wine mixer. Oh, it's that's fucking, fucking beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> I was playing with it the next day, even with my separated shoulder. It's amazing. You healing up okay? Uh, no, I'm stubborn, so I haven't really taken any time off. Yeah, I, I had the same injury, Kent. You're, you're better off, man. Just just uh, chill for a couple weeks, dude. Yeah, do you still have the horn, or did you get it fucking surgically? I, I still have the horn, but I'll tell you what, like, people were 50-50... In their opinion, half the people that had the same injury, the same grade level, uh, half of them said uh, their shoulder was never the same again. Yep. The other half said that like they were fine within three weeks and they never had an issue. Um, I've never had an issue with mine, and I, I think I competed like four weeks later. Wicked. Is yeah. Yours is a third-degree separation? Yeah, yeah. You ripped right it right off, eh? It's right on the cusp of four, too. Nice. So, yeah, mine mine is just completely torn off, and I just I'm not going for the surgery. So, like I mean, I feel surprisingly better already. It's only been ten days, yeah. but I haven't really taken any time off. You know, with all the fucking farm work and shit. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the goats aren't gonna take care of. Uh, they're fucking <laughs> not, man. They're missing you, bro. I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, you had that. How long ago was your match with Anthony Burchuk? Because he's a fucking killer. I was really like excited about that match, and I, I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because you're a fucking killer. But man, you're you're fucking good, bro. Thanks, Kent. Uh, yeah, I fought Burchuk in the finals at on an eight. Uh, that was in I want to say June. Uh, like early June, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, he's a tough motherfucker for sure. Is that who's that in the background? Is that Vinny? That's Vinny and Danny. Hey, what's up, boys? What's up? <laughs> the whole crew's here. That's awesome, man. So you you had that matchup with Burchak on at eight, and then you came in for a super fight, I believe, at on at nine. Did you not? Yeah, yeah, I just got done there. Uh, like a few weeks ago, I went out for on at nine to take on Ricky Lula. Awesome, and and that went in your way, obviously. I seen the beautiful rear naked choke finish. Yeah, Ricky's another guy, man. He's super tough. Like. Yeah, he's been flying under the radar. He's really good, man. No weaknesses in his game. I mean, look, he was a match away from going to ADCC. You know, he only lost to Ethan in the final. Yeah, he was on EBI too. He lost to Geo. Yeah, yeah, you know, so I, I knew I had my hands full. Uh, he's, he's real tough. Well, I'm happy when it, I'm definitely happy it went your way, man. Yeah. What's next for you, man? So I just got, actually, I just got off the phone with Hollis, uh, like, not too long ago, and we think we have a matchup set for Kasai. Nice. Um, I should be taking on Carlos Rosado. He's a, uh, this year's Nogi Pan Am champion at Black Belt. Awesome. Wow. Uh, so I think he and I are going to. Have a dance. Sweet, awesome. and that'll be gi or no gi? It'll be no gi. Um, it'll be on the undercard, so it'll be like Kasai rules, you know, six minutes with points, and uh, all subs legal. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Kasai. I've watched every one so far. Yeah, and, and not to interrupt, but you had a couple super fights over there as well, didn't you? Uh, at Kasai? Yeah. Yeah, I competed at Kasai Pro 2. Uh, I won... The uh, heel hook against the very tough Zach Maslany. Yes. And then I lost to a very tough Ashley Williams at Kasai Pro 3 yes. uh, on points in overtime. So, awesome. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm back for a third time. I'm psyched. That is awesome. awesome. Now, Ashley's a killer. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're notorious for competing often, man. Um, yeah, I like to stay active. Yeah, do you ever find it, it draining? I, I know you, you teach at your academy as well. You ever find a draining going out and competing constantly? Uh, honestly, you know, it's more, I think, mentally draining than sure, physically. Sure, sure. Uh, but I, I do like that uh, once you get in a rhythm of competing, it helps with, like, you know, it's hard to get nervous when you get in that kind of rhythm. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I really enjoy doing it. So I, I know guys that, that probably benefit from taking a little time off in between, but... I'm just not one of them, and, uh, you know, if there's an interesting matchup on the table or an interesting tournament out there that I get invited to, I'm, if I'm healthy, I'm probably going to go scrap. Awesome. So uh, what's what's your day? Like, what's your week? Like, you wake up Monday morning. Tell me, like, how often do you train? Do you do any weights? Like, because you're buff as fuck, right? Like, you're such a such a good-looking, jacked little dude. <laughs> I, now, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Come. Yeah. That's <laughs> great right now. Um, no, but a, a typical day for me, man, like Monday, I'll give you Monday, for example. Monday morning, I get up at about 545. Uh, I make it to the city um, for John's uh, 730 a.m. class. I train at 730. Um, then 
we have a little bit of a break in between uh, the morning and afternoon class, so we'll go and get breakfast and coffee and just kind of hang out. I'll train again at um, 12.30 in John's class, and then I get out of the city and I get to Queens where I teach at Hensel Gracie Bayside. Um, I'll get here, I'll teach the classes here, uh, train one more time at like 8 o'clock with the students and, uh, and then wrap it up at, you know, whenever class gets done and then I'm home. Uh, so I, I usually get home at about anywhere from 10.30 to 11 o'clock at night. Um, so it's a long day and there's a lot of traveling, there's a lot of moving, but that's kind of the way I like it. You know, I, I don't like sitting still for too long. Um, so yeah, so that's like a typical day. Awesome. So how, how much of that training, how much of that day would be, say, excluded for strength and conditioning? Or do you... I actually, I've, I've never lifted a weight in my entire life. Holy and, shit. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Uh, I wrestled in high school. Yes. And they would, you know, we would have days where you would have strength and conditioning and they had right. a nice program set out for everyone. Sure. I, I literally just faked it. I just sure. faked my way through it because I hated it. <laughs> That's fair, man. That's fair. Uh, fucking awesome. And you, you also wrestled in university for a year, was it not? Yeah, yeah. I wrestled at East Strasburg for a year where I also didn't lift a single weight. Wow. <laughs> and, and the reason is not because I don't think it's valuable. Sure. Uh, I, I want to put out there, like, I think strength and conditioning is extremely helpful. There's no doubt about that. My, my thing was I was just always so obsessed with technique and obsessed with, like, the sport itself that I didn't want to do anything that took my time away from from that because you only have so much time in the day. Um, and I just could never, you know what I mean, like bring myself away from something that I really love, like technique or drilling or live training, to do something that I absolutely hate, like lifting, yeah. even though it is beneficial, sure. Sure. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'll never do it, but at this point in my career, you know, I've gone this whole time without doing it and I just don't have the, you know it, I, I don't have the time like I would have to I would have to miss a training session or a drill session to get a lift in and right. I just don't want to do that because I have like almost the anxiety of like fuck if I don't drill or if I don't uh, do this technique or train live I feel like I'm not prepared fear of missing out but the training version I dig that exactly that's exactly what it is What's your diet like, bro? Uh, when I'm not cutting weight or when I'm cutting weight? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, because I, I, I'm actually really fucking unhealthy. Like, I, I don't eat very well. I eat a fuck ton of noodles. I eat a fuck ton of hamburger. <laughs> big, big noodle guy, Kent is. Yeah. Yeah. Loves them noodles. Love the noodles. <laughs> uh, noodle Peters. They do. I've heard that before. That's your new nickname, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck it. I love noodles.
really is like kind of like the team captain, so to speak. And he eats like a fucking animal. <laughs> <laughs> like if Garrett Tonin does it, I can do it. That's right. right yeah. He's sponsored by fucking Five Guys or some shit, right? He's sponsored by Wild <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. You know? It's yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because I've seen videos of him and, and he's notorious for eating like a goddamn pig. Yeah. And yeah. so you just kind of jumped on board with him, like you said, a mentorship it's kind of thing. It's something <laughs> that I jumped on board. It just validated what I what I was doing. You know? Sure. I was like, okay, uh, it, it's okay, right? Because Gary does it. Yeah. If, if he <laughs> if he can get away with it, so can I. It's scary fucking toning, right? That's awesome. But I'm sure as I get older, I'll I'll have to be a little more careful because you know, get, cutting weight is getting harder and harder. How old are you right now? I'm going to be 28 on Friday. Wow. Oh, so you're still young as fuck. Well, happy early birthday, man. Thank you. Very well. I stopped healing as quick at 27, so you're already a year past that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'll be 30 in two months, and I feel old as shit, man. So, um, are, you, are you married, kids, anything like I, that? I'm married, no kids yet. I just got married September 1st. So, awesome. uh, my people to yours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, kids will be someday. Um, right now, we're just we're still on the high from the wedding, so we're we're, we're going to be working on it. I'll put it that way. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I was fucking first try both times. Yeah, well, you're a sniper, man. You're man, I know. You know what sucks though? Like you want like six months of fucking vigorous attempts. Yeah, for sure. And Too I was fucking almost. first try both times. Too easy, almost. Just, just fucking stupid, right? Fucking stupid. Some guys can't even reproduce. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For sure, man. So you you obviously train with some killers, man, like Gordon Ryan, Gary Tone, and um, Nikki Ryan. Um, how much have these guys influenced you, man, and in, in, especially in competition? Because these guys are comp, com, or competitively heavy too, right? Yeah, I would say uh, I, I get different things from each guy, which is really special. Right. You know? um, there are certain attributes from each of the guys that I feel like I've taken or that they've passed on to me that, that I can use. So, like, for example, when you talk about, like, confidence going into a match, when you talk about being in the right mindset and, and – just being confident in yourself, nobody does it better than Gordon Ryan. Um, you know, Gordon has really, I feel like, set the example of how you need to be when you're competing against the best athletes in the world and how you need to believe in yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, other things, when it comes to be like being, uh, just competing ferociously and being dialed in and, and, and really uh, competing with the right mindset, like Gary sets a great example. Sure. You know, that guy... He, he will do anything necessary to win a match. Um, Definitely. And then when it comes to other things, just like being being precise and having precision and, you know, stuff like that, I feel like Eddie and Nikki have really kind of set the mold for, for how to do that on the big stage. You know, you, you, got, you give those guys one opening, you make one mistake, and they're going to make you pay. So I've taken really valuable things from each guy, I feel like, over the years. Awesome. Did you, like... I, I don't know, like, just from breaking down all you guys, and you too, like, just watching you guys roll, watching the way you're doing things, I did notice that there's there's differences in the games, like, and not just the leg locking, like, uh, 
some guys like Taza will go in and not really concerned with securing the second leg. And then you got Eddie always securing the second leg. And uh, Gordon just fucking beast in general. Sorry. Nikki has that similar leg drag entry almost every time, goes for the same thing. Uh, and Gary, like, I think my favorite thing about Gary is he's just fucking... Like, he just doesn't fucking care. Like, no position is more value or less value to him. Yeah. Like, I, I fucking like that. Like, I really do. I like that he doesn't really care. Like, he never gets pot committed. Can I use a poker term for that? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, he never feels like, well, fuck, I'm here. I'm going to stay here. Like, if he's going for something to mount and then it's not working, he'll just stand up and move on. Yeah. Yeah, Gary's, uh, the reason Gary's so tough to deal with, I think, is because, like... He shows you his whole game. You know, I think we've all been guilty. Anyone that's competed has been guilty of going in with maybe a strict game plan. And the match ends and it goes your way or it doesn't go your way. And you think to yourself, fuck, I wish I opened. I wish I tried this. I yeah. wish I tried that. I wish I opened up more. Um, Gary's the best at showing you his whole game. Uh, he's going to show you his wrestling. He's going to show you his passing. He's going to show you his leg locks. He's going to show you his inversions. He's going to... If you beat Gary, it's, it's because you you beat him. He, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas some guys, they really only give you 10% of their game. Um, Gary, I think, is the best at realizing, like, what what is not working, and let me let me switch it up, let me change tactics. Yeah. Which is why I find him so entertaining to watch, too. Like, I'll, I'll watch every one of his matches on repeat. For sure. And I, I feel like that transition to MMA, his MMA career is incredibly exciting to watch. He's two fights yeah. in, and they're so fun to watch. Yeah, I think he's actually leaving uh, in a few weeks for uh, for his next fight in One FC. It's yeah. wicked. Yeah, I hear One treats their guys really well, right? So I'm I'm happy he started there. Yeah, me too. I uh, I've, I've heard nothing but good things from the beginning. Like I remember when Ben Askren was fighting there, and like they were starting to get some big names. Uh, all the athletes say the same thing that like they're just treated so well and they're yeah. really educated. So it's great. I mean, that's what the MMA fighters deserve. That's what the athletes should be getting. I I agree 100. percent I say that all the time about Conor McGregor. Love him or fucking hate him, he's bringing more money to MMA. That's right. Oh. You know, like, these people suck and bitch and whine. I remember when one of my first fighters fought, he got 300 bucks to show up, 300 bucks if he won. So that's 600 in total. And, like, UFC at the time was 2,500 to show up, 2,500 if you won yeah. for an entry-level fight. Yeah. Right? And these guys are making millions. You know, like, if you have 69.99 per pay-per-view and then you sell a million pay-per-views... That's a fuck ton of millions, right? Oh, my God, yeah. And then they're paying their guys $2,500 to fight. Yeah. But I know boxers in Cape Breton here, our tiny little island, getting $1,500 to fucking do their very first fight. So, like, there's still so much money in boxing, and there's not enough in MMA. Guys like Connor bringing more money to the table. Definitely. Yeah, I, th I think any, any attention that's going to bring in revenue, you can't really complain with. No. Definitely not. It have, some of it happens to be negative attention, but at the end of the day, it's bringing it's bringing in revenue. So yep. Well, the money's good. And and I mean, perfect example is the fight on the weekend. I, I'm like I'm I'm not sure if you watch it or if you're a fan or not, but that was some crazy shit after the fight, man. And it I was it. yeah. And I mean, it was uh, like I think it should stop at trash talk. Trash talk is one thing; it's business. But for yeah. that shit to happen, it's um. It looks bad for the sport. It what really do you does. think? What was your take on him jumping in the crowd fighting Dylan? Well, I'll say this. Um, 
I, I have, I've never fought MMA, I've never uh, really engaged in that kind of trash talk with anyone, even in jiu-jitsu, but I will say this, um, this past summer I went and competed in the World Cup out in Kazakhstan. I've seen some of that, yeah. And I, uh, I went out with four other dudes, and uh, we represented the USA, and one of the teams there was, was the Russian national team. And we, ha- we were in the same hotel as them. We were on the bus with them. You know, we spent a lot of time with these guys, even off the mats. And they're all from Dagestan, the same part of Russia that Khabib is from. Yeah. And I can tell you that within five minutes of meeting them, these are different people. Uh, they're, they're, it, it's hard to describe, but they're just different, different people. The way they live is different. The way they compete is different. The way they train is different. They're not... <laughs> hyper aggressive they're not um like like anything like that but they're they're not people you fuck around with you know what i mean they even before we spoke to them you just got the vibe that these are not guys that that you fuck around with at all and then when we got on the map with them we were like holy shit you know these guys are killers um they they compete viciously for six minutes at a time or until the match is over so when i when I saw everything that ensued after the match, you know, Khabib jumping over the fence, I knew that when he jumps over the fence, he's not doing it hoping that a security guard will stop him before he gets there. <laughs> Look like a tough guy. No, right. no, no. Yeah. Jumping over the fence, and he's looking to see how many security guards do I have to jump over so that I can cleanly make it. Yeah, Yeah. it's all business. There's no fucking around. Like, there's no sugarcoating that. Not, and and I think it's a cultural thing. And if you guys ever compete against anyone from that area, you'll understand what I mean. I mean, these are different people, and I think that's what was overlooked uh, throughout this whole thing. Well, the guy from uh, BJJ Eastern Europe, he uh, he's the guy who runs it. He uh, posted that on Facebook almost word for word, man. He was like, these people, like I've trained with them, I've lived with them. They will give you food off their plate. Yep. They will share a cup of tea with you yep. from the same fucking cup. He said, I would never in my entire life want one mad at me. Yep. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it... it, it showed in the cage after the fight not only outside the cage but in the cage Connor got lit up a couple times by Khabib's teammates um I think he he maybe underestimated them maybe talked way too much said really personal shit yeah. and it came back to bite him obviously you lost let's the be fight. fair too though like I would you ever want to piss off someone and I don't know maybe Connor's not 100% bullshit but I know a lot of Irish guys you do not want to make fucking Irish dudes mad either that's true too yeah. you know yeah, yeah the Irish you know are not are not uh, soft people either yeah so that was probably like just there's an interesting exchange that, that just came out today I think uh, there's like a sound clip from the fight and, and there's an exchange that you can hear clearly. oh when Connor says it's only business like going yeah. out around two seen that business and Khabib you know Khabib's yelling out let's talk now and, yeah <laughs> uh, it's only business well that may be true from Connor's perspective but it certainly wasn't from Khabib's yeah definitely, definitely. I, think, I think business for Khabib is like you know, you saying you're going to knock me out, okay, that's business. That's, that's for promo. That's right. sell tickets. But you talk about my father, you talk about my religion, I'm going to jump over the cage, I'm going to beat the shit out of your entire corner. Did that you one. see how mad Khabib's dad was at him? There's a big article. Khabib's dad's yeah. like, my fucking team doesn't act that way. Yeah. When he gets home, there's going to be worse repercussions than the UFC could ever sanction on him. Yeah. So his dad's going to beat his ass. I'm sure. Definitely. 
definitely. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, um, you know, in terms of uh, suspensions and visas and if we get to see a rematch. Yeah, well, Dana just said, like, uh, Khabib isn't getting stripped of the title, which I'm happy about. I don't think he should get stripped. I, I said before we got you on, what, what bugs me about it is it could have been me and my kid sitting in the front row and then him landing on my kid. Sure. That's what bugged me about it. Like, no fucking grown-ass man should jump into a crowd of potentially innocent people. Definitely. Because yeah. I'm, I'm okay with fist fighting, Frank. Like, this is what I was saying. Like, if somebody insulted my wife or my mom right now, I'd fucking fight them in the street. Yeah, got it. Right? Like, I, I just would. It's just who I am. I've done it before. I don't, I don't yeah. do mom jokes. Mom jokes don't fly with me. Right. So, like, that's just who I am, right? So, I, I respect that. But I wouldn't put people in danger that have nothing to do with it. Sure. Yeah. So I'm on both sides of it. Like, I, I respect Khabib for going out and fucking doing that shit because I would. But I wouldn't jump into a potential crowd that might have a fucking... What if there's a senior citizen there? You jump on and break his fucking hip. Yeah. You know, like, you don't know, man. These people paid a lot of money to sit that close to the cage. Fucking right, they, they did. Money, they, man. They, they didn't pay that money to be in the middle of a brawl. No. Pakistani and AKA guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And a bunch of studs, a bunch of trained killers, man. Yeah. Like these. these... I, I think I had more of a problem with the guys jumping in the cage and attacking Same. Connor. Yep. Same here, Frank. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Say what you want about Connor, but the guy just fought 20 minutes against another world champion. He shouldn't have to get clocked from behind. I 100% agree. Yeah, he also got smashed. He yep. was tired. He already took yeah. numerous shots to the head. The guy, um, just, guy just had a, is at a low point. The guy just lost. Yep. You know, definitely. Health. And I mean, like, going beyond that, too, like, talking about that specifically, Khabib is fucking 28-0. Khabib is fucking amazing. Yeah. But that's like me saying, like, Frank, when you were here, me and you rolled a bunch and you fucked me up a bunch. Does that mean I'm not good? You know what I mean? No. Like, because, Frank, you're fucking awesome. When you were here, you beat the fucking shit out of me. You beat me every roll. Mm -hmm. I never won a second of it. I'm still fucking pretty good at jujitsu. Absolutely. Right? Like, people are shitting on Conor McGregor, but Conor's fucking amazing. Conor's one of the elite. Conor's one of the best in the universe. So losing to somebody who's just a little better or a lot better, it doesn't take away. Like, Conor's still fucking Conor, man. Definitely. Yeah, people forget very quickly. I hate it. It's, that's what bugs me the most about the MMA community. Like, because, Frank, you're just getting on that roll. Because when you were here, I didn't really know you that well. And you did yeah. your match with Tarantini. And then I got you guys back here. And you did a seminar. And you were one of the most well-spoken, like, fucking educational, helpful teachers I've ever had the pleasure of having a seminar under. And that's what really put you in the ma on the map for me. And now I'm really excited to see your goat fucking ass killing all these high-level people. Goat love. <laughs> but you know what I mean, man? Like, because I, I met you back then, and I, I didn't really know you. And now that I see you fucking storming these people, I feel like I just, uh, you know, like, because I knew you were that good of a teacher, and I knew you beat the shit out of me. But now I'm really loving it, man. I'm enjoying where you're going. So you're going to be at that point where you're going to be fucking up these people, and then people are going to know that you're part of the main squad. And then one bad loss, and some people are just going to throw you away. And that's yep. that's a yep. fucked-up attitude people have. Even, even with the wins, man, you know, like like John said that this would happen, and I, I kind of didn't understand it when he said it because I was still competing just very locally. But... 
one thing John said is like, whether even if you win, even if you win by submission, people are going to talk and people are going to criticize and, and talk shit. Yeah. I, I was like, nah, like how could they do that? And then sure enough, this year has been kind of like a, a year where I've, I've gotten to uh, submit some pretty good guys. And with every single fucking win, there are people that criticize. Yeah, man. Definitely. It's, Anything it's... you can imagine, man. Anything you can imagine. If you leg lock someone... They say, oh, he's a one-trick pony. All he does is leg locks. If you if you strangle them from the back, they say, oh, see, the guy defended Frank's leg locks. Yep. There, there's just no way to win. They're just trying to take away the fucking the credit, the fire. Right? Like people, my my thing that I've noticed, and this it's partially because like I've been building a business for years now, right? And I see the same people doing the same thing every year. So they might have turned 25. And then they're living their 25th year on their 26th birthday. And then they're living it again on their 27th birthday. They're going to live their 25th year until they fucking pass away. Yeah. Right? And they get into that habit. It's, um, if you go back to high school and one of your buddies got a girlfriend and you're like, man, they're they're not the same. They won't come hang out with us anymore. They won't play with us anymore. It's, it's the same idea. Like as I started getting better at business, making more money, like actually building a fucking future for myself, my old friends man, you changed, you know, and yep. you lose all your friends. You, you know, it's, it's weird, man. Like, but that's the way with success too. Like as you get better, people are going to find a reason that it was a fluke for you or something. Right. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, it, I, I want to say jealousy, but it's not just jealousy. It's an anger at themselves yes. because they have to reflect on you. They have to look at you and be like, Fucking Frank's better this year than he was last yeah. year. Why am I the same fucking person? It's envy, yeah. man. I don't it's look envy. at it as jealousy. I used to, but now I feel like I'm more educated. I feel kind of woke. Like now, it's because people don't like the fact that they're the same person they were last For year. Sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I think that definitely makes sense, man. You know, and I've gotten very comfortable just uh, uh, kind of like... Life becomes a lot easier when you literally just stop giving a fuck. Yeah, man. I wear tie-dye spats, bro. Yeah, man. I, I mean, dude, life life is way too short and too much bad shit can happen. To, 100%. To, to not do what you want to do. So, like, people that are, like, uh, people that don't like their jobs, like, I don't feel sympathy for you. No, don't fucking leave like your job. job. I hated my job. I didn't like where my life was at. And I made a decision to change it. And, you know, like, it's as simple as that. Like, anybody could do it. Yep. You know, I, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have money to do it, to fall back on. I didn't have... Uh, I, I, I didn't, it's not like I had some magical whatever, but, and, um, you know, I, I just feel no sympathy for people that like feel sorry for themselves on any front. I'm the same way. I say this every podcast, actually, like you're not a fucking tree. You don't have any roots in your current situation. That's right. Just get the fuck up and go. That's right. The moment, the moment I literally just woke up and decided I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Everything got a lot better. Best day in your life, man. It was. It really was. And and people, of course, you know, people told me, "Oh, you're crazy. Yep. You're gonna, your job. You're gonna do jujitsu full time. It's never gonna work. Yeah. You're, you're, you're immature. You're out of your mind. All this shit." And I'm like, you know what? All you guys are now. You can't say anything. They're yeah, man. They're super fucking it's unhappy. I bet you don't regret a fucking thing. Oh my god, I'm just upset that I didn't do it sooner. Yeah, man. Sure. I fucking hear you. Yeah. Like, when I moved home to open the gym, I, I got the same shit. Like, you're going to make money fucking teaching Taekwondo? 
Like that was the question, right? Like Taekwondo, people pay 40 bucks a month for Taekwondo. Yeah. Like you're not going to make money doing that. Yeah. Well, fucking here I am with a 3,000 square foot fucking facility that's full right now while we talk to fucking Frank Rosenthal. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like fuck everyone that told me exactly. I couldn't. Exactly. And, and all those people, like misery loves company, right? So when all those people are telling you that shit, it's because they're fucking miserable and they want you to be a part of it. Yep. And you're yeah. not. They hate that shit, man. They hate it. Same thing like um, they're envious of when you win. They attack you when you lose. It's yep. it's because they're envious. They they see you progressing and doing shit, doing what you love, teaching what you love, and they're envious. Fuck those people. Fuck yeah, I'm just going to do it how I want to do it. And, uh, you know, fuck it, try a leg lock. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. Now, are you seeing more money in jiu-jitsu? Like, I... I don't know, because I, I don't compete as much anymore, right? Like, I, I was going to do a competition in November, then I separated my shoulder. But, like, is there more money now? Like, I know Gordon, you know, Gordon's doing pretty fucking good. Yeah, there, there's certainly more money coming about for competitors. I don't think it's at the level yet where, like, you can just compete and make a living. Um, but the, absolutely, there's more money coming in. And I think what you're going to see is that competition uh, is going to merge with other avenues to make money. So, like, for example, Gordon now, like, through his competitive uh, accolades and, and success, you know, now has other avenues to make money, and I think that's what athletes are going to strive for. Yeah. What they're realizing is, like, you know, winning EBI is not going to buy you a house, but what it will do is it might open up opportunities for you uh, to make steady money. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Through other opportunities. Yeah. So, um, look, the reality is if you're a competitor and you're in this for the money, you should probably fucking bail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you're not going to make money, but if that's your sole purpose for, for stepping on the mat, on the competition mat, this probably isn't for you. It's not going to work out so well. Yep. Uh, you know, the money has to be second. The money really does have to be like a secondary thing for a competitor that, that's in their prime that wants to squeeze everything that they can out of this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if your end goal is to have a school one day and all, the, all that stuff, like, you know, that's going to be your means to make a living. But if, if you're trying to compete to, you know make millions i mean it's just not going to happen it's also not the way to go about it yeah you, you run into a guy like say khabib who's not competing for for a gold belt or a paycheck he's competing because he just fucking wants to you know mm. he just wants to get his hands on somebody yeah and that's always the most dangerous guy yeah man and you know it's it's funny too because like when i started making the jujitsu videos uh, you know, not as a competitor. I just wanted to get more jujitsu out there because I struggled with like looking for information when I was growing up. Like I, I didn't have an instructor, so I didn't have anybody to help me. So I wish there was more. So I'm just trying to give back like that. And now because of all those fucking free videos, I'm selling piles of gear. Like that gear company might become my main job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, how fucking cool is that? Like, the Instagram basically made me a gear, uh, a fucking gear salesman. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how you, you you have one plan, but nothing really goes according to plan, but it works out anyway. Never a yeah. day in my life did I think I was gonna sell nogi gear. I didn't even start doing nogi till I was a fucking brown belt. I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. So that was like what three years ago. Three years ago, three man. Three years ago. Yeah. And now look. It's fucking wild. So now I'm I'm a nogi company. 
Like how, how fucking random is that? Right? Like that's cause, and that's the beautiful thing about it, Frank. Like as you go, you might not understand some of these like potential avenues that might open up to you. Yeah. You, you know, like how fucking cool is that thought that yeah, I think honestly, like I, I think whether it's good or bad, you know, shit will happen for a reason. Uh, so I'm just kind of rolling with it, man. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I, uh, I'm envious in the way that I wish I would have competed, you know? So I really like it cause I can watch your matches and I, I live vicariously through guys like you, you know, out there fucking doing what you want. And I enjoy that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, well, you're a beast and I'm happy you decided to take some time and come on with us. Oh, it's been a it's been a blast. When am I gonna come out to Canada and see you guys? Man, we got to do it soon. Like I don't know, how do you handle cold? Like you're not you're you're from the same climate as us, so you could probably deal with it any time of year. It's cold as shit in New York, right? Yeah, fuck. It's it's pretty cold. Yeah. I gotta say though, Canada was a different animal. Oh, it's it's freezing here, literally. Are, are you near water in your part of New York? Like I don't know much about New York, man. So I'll be honest, I'm just claiming ignorance. Like yeah, our water uh, cold is cold. Yeah, we're by the Hudson River. That's why, like, New York City is always colder than, say, the suburbs. Like, yeah. Like, I live in the suburbs, but the moment I get into the city, it's always a few degrees colder. The wind is way worse. Yeah. Because you're on the water. Exactly. And that's why, like, when I lived, do you know where Alberta is? Like, uh, right other side of Canada? Yeah, Alberta's like landlocked for the most part. Like it's just this big dry area, but they'd have like minus fucking fifty when I was working. Cold. And and but that's the thing though, like minus fifty is cold, but I could fucking survive, right? If we had minus fifty in Canada, like well not in Canada, in Nova Scotia here on the fucking water, you'd die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. With the water, it's just a different beast, right? It totally is. Uh, I don't know how you guys do it, man. I do it with flip-flops 11 months of the year, buddy. (laughs) He's crazy. I'm stubborn as fuck. What a savage. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So um, I I noticed also, um, just to get off topic here, Frank, but um, when you were in university, you studied health and physical education? Yep, that's right. How much did this help? teaching at your affiliate school now like having that uh that capability in in learnings that you got from studying at university did it help at all did it transition at all yeah i think it definitely did uh obviously the content's different but i think teaching uh you know learning to to teach information definitely carried over even just like speaking in front of a room sure uh, even like you know in like classroom management stuff just like how to uh how to kind of organize a class is is like one of the biggest things I took from it. Okay. Um, so so yeah, it definitely carried over, you know. And even though I didn't end up using my degree directly, um, it was still it was still very beneficial to me becoming a an instructor in jujitsu. Absolutely. Um, not to mention going to college for five years was like the sickest time in my life. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was pretty fucking fun. Yeah. Oh, I I bet, so man. People tend to forget that. Like, people are like, oh, man, like, what a waste of time. Like, don't you wish that instead of going to college for, for those years, you would have, like, started your competitive jiu-jitsu career and been home and, like, been, been training and competing? And I'm like, well, you can't really think of it that way, right? Because, number one, you can't change it, so there's no point in regretting it. And right. number two, I had a pretty good fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> guys have never been away to college. It's pretty sick. 
Yeah, well, I, I know Cam wasn't. I, I was gone away, but it was only for one year. And yeah, I, I traveled to colleges. Like, we went to St. Avex, which is, I think it's, like, rated the best party yeah, school in Canada. It's, it's a lot of fun there. I, I went up to St. Avex for parties. Like, I didn't go there, but I'd go up and stay for a week. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. the only time I spent at university, if you even want to call that, was at the police academy, which is, like, seven hours from home. I was there for a year, and that's it. But I had a fucking blast there. So I, I can only imagine being in university for five years. It must have been must have been so much fun, man. And good life experience too, right? Yeah. Shout out to the East Stroudsburg University Warriors. There you go. Boom. For life. So working with John Danaher actually obviously must be fun. Yeah, uh, John's incredible. Uh, he's a uh, certainly one of the most fascinating guys I've met. And um, you know, every everything you hear about John is pretty much true. Um, he is a. Uh, That's awesome because I've heard some pretty fucking fucked up stories. Yeah. <laughs> John is one of a kind, man. And, That's wicked. Uh, yeah, even as we we've all you know we spend every day with the guy. We're we're there you know six seven days a week, and uh, even still sometimes like I'll be sitting in the room and you know I gotta I gotta think to myself like man like. It's fucking John Danaher. Yeah, this is yeah, cool. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, you know, he's just John to us. Like he's, you know, we're very informal with him. Like we we love to joke around with him, and you know, we're probably the only guys in the history of the Hensel Gracie Academy that get away with saying some of the shit that we say to him. Right. Uh, yeah, man. It's like it's like training every day with one of your fucking idols. That's so, awesome. Cool. Definitely, and and I'm sure you really look up to the other guys too, right? I mean. Um, like like the Gordon Ryan's these guys like it must just be like hanging out with you know your brothers like your your brothers on the mat and in real life probably right yeah I mean we're all uh, we're all very close and um, you know I couldn't really I couldn't really do any of the things that I'm doing now without their help you know jujitsu is individual on the mat but if you don't have training partners that that are going to support you and help you you know you're not going to really get it very far at all so. Um, yeah, I mean, I really, I think one of the things I'm most proud about of, like, being on our team is not that, like, how good the guys are at jiu-jitsu. Like, everyone knows that, you know, my teammates are very good at jiu-jitsu, but uh, the way that, like, they look out for each other and that we look out for each other, I think, is is uh, part of what makes this whole thing work, you know, and part of what makes everyone so successful. Um, you know, if I, if I let's say John's out of town, right? And I'm going to compete in Philadelphia. Like, like two years ago, I went to compete in Philadelphia at like a fight to win pro. And I asked Gary, I'm like, Hey man, like, I know you're, you're training. I know you're, you're cutting weight. I know you're running a school. Um, can you drive to Philly like two and a half, two hours away to corner me? And without even like hesitation, he's like, of course, like no problem. Awesome, Um, man. And that's how a team should be, you know? Um, I think that's, that's what makes it work. Definitely. I mean, what would you do with no training partners in Brazil in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? You'd be fucked. Yeah, you'd be real fucked, you know, and you gotta be unselfish and you yeah. gotta be uh you know, you just gotta be willing to, to have each other's backs. So just to end up here, who's your favorite of every one of them? Like so of of all the well known Danaher guys, who's your favorite <laughs> to roll with when you're training? Oh man. Uh 
Yeah, man, I figured it would be. No pressure. (laughs) No, and you know what, though? (laughs) It's not like, which dude do you like the most? Because this is a question I could definitely answer. Who do you like rolling with the most? I I, I get, I can honestly say, I get different things out of rolling with all the guys. That's Um, awesome. I probably, I like scrapping it out with Nikki a lot, um, just because we're we're the most similar in size. Yep. And, uh, like, I learned so much rolling with him. Um, You know, we move somewhat similarly, like, we we have some of the same ideas, and I just feel like when I roll with Nikki, I learn so much so quickly, and he's so, he's actually, like, such an underrated teacher. He's, like, one of the best teachers, I think. (laughs) you know, uh, in the room for sure. So I get a lot out of rolling with Nikki. I, I mean, I get a lot out of rolling with all the guys and, and I've learned a lot from everybody, but I probably train with Nikki, you know, the most just cause we're the closest in size. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he always, he's always got really brilliant ideas that, that he, uh, he helps me out with. Awesome, man. Good stuff. Wicked bro. Good stuff. Well, man, we're, we're going to cut this off. We want to thank you, Frank, for coming on. Um, Congratulations on the black belt, man. Congrats. Uh, Keep competing, keep winning. We'll keep watching and supporting you, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, Guys, thanks for having me. Kent, if you could send me a uh, a rash guard or something, I'd be honored to to rock it. Well, fuck. I guess I will then. Sounds like a done deal. I'm going to make a goat-themed rash guard. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what we can do. Extra medium, okay? You're the best, bro. (laughs) See you, Frank. Later, buddy. There you have it, man. What a stud, Ella. It's awesome. Great dude. Wicked guy. Okay, guys, that's it for us for this week. Uh, See you next week. Go buy a fucking rash card. Follow him, (laughs) Ken Peters. Follow me, John McKinnon, MMA, on Instagram. Thank you, guys, as always. We'll see you next week. Later. Later, buddy.